Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay. Where should we begin? Uh, maybe the detransition stuff. That okay. might be a good place. Well, yeah, before you so... detransition, you have to transition, right? Right. And, and so before you transition, something probably was uh-huh. going on. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, it started. I'd probably say it started when my parents got divorced when I was five years old. And so then I was like, I struggled with depression and mental health issues after that point. And then I I guess I can say like that I had some trauma around my sexuality and womanhood in sixth grade. And then from there, I ended up um, becoming a pescatarian, which I, my depression worsened after that. So I was just eating fish. And then from there, I went into women's studies. And so that's when I was introduced to the idea that there's like a non-binary gender. And then I, um, I saw a therapist in 2016. Um, and it should have been a red flag because she believed in other kin, but, um, yeah, so I saw her and she affirmed, she was like a gender affirming therapist and she, um, we talked about it and decided that I was non-binary. And then um, in August of 2020, um, I ended up getting top surgery because I had thought I'd, I was non-binary since 2016. And then I got the surgery and they developed a whole bunch of health complications from it. And then after I developed the complications my doctors took me seriously at first but then they started becoming dismissive once they thought that i had psychosomatic fever and then what's psychosomatic I, fever that sounds like a dance move yeah so so psychosomatic fever is when um you you actually it sounds like from my understanding that you you have and you have an actual fever, but it's caused from like mental illness or something like that. That's from my understanding. So there is actually a physical component and my doctors uh, never did check me for that, that fever, like for an actual fever, because I know I checked myself and I was like, my temperature was fine. So yeah, it was, it was never, I never had psychosomatic fever, but that I noticed like there was a shift in their attitude once they thought I had that diagnosis. And then from there, I, I, um, I ended up having to try, I went down like a holistic health approach because I was like, well, I have these physical health issues and my doctors aren't doing anything about it. Like I need to figure this out. And then I was surprised that once I addressed my physical health issues, my mental health got better, which is something I was never expecting. And then I realized that I was never non-binary as a woman the whole time. And I was dealing with trauma and I had underlying health issues that my doctors had never addressed. So that's pretty much um, my backstory. Yeah. So why would you, sorry, why would you want your breasts removed? Yeah. So 
That just seems I like had, an extreme step. I know, right? And I mean, the whole thing, like thinking back on it now, even just like that my doctors and my surgeon approved of a non-binary surgery and that Medicaid considered a medical necessity is like crazy. Um, but like, I had a lot of discomfort around my breasts and that I believe it was due to the trauma because like once I, my, my mental health got better, like that discomfort, because I, it wasn't just my, my breasts. Like I also had discomfort around my hips as well, because like, you know, there is some femininity kind of our like vulnerability around the hip area as well. And so once I addressed the physical health issues, the discomfort with my hips went away as well. Okay. But mm -hmm. why are you discomforted by your body? Is it like self-perception? Mm -hmm. Like you'd see a reflection in the window or something and it was or, or the way it moves or what? Like it, it was a little bit visual as well because like I wanted I didn't want that like I, I just want to be flat I wanted to be androgynous back then yeah. um, but there was an actual physical discomfort as well so I actually had like this sort of like almost like rejection of that like it just like it, it just felt wrong like it, it actually like there was like a physical sensation to it as well huh mm-hmm like you'd wake up and you're like, why are these things on me? Like, get them off of me. Kind of like, like definitely like when I was walking and stuff like that, I could feel them. And then it would remind me, oh, I have breasts or whatever. And I was like, I, I didn't want them. I, you know, it, it was just sort of like, I tried to wear like sports bras to kind of like hide them as much as possible. So it, it was just sort of a, a rejection of that part. So is, is there like an underlying symbolic tension there like you don't want to be a woman because woman means something or to, mm -hmm. to the world or to you yeah i think so i think that part of it was symbolic that i didn't want to be a woman but i also really didn't want to be a man so it was really i wanted to be something in between because that was like a sort of freedom, but it was never really a freedom. But I thought okay. that it was sort of like, well, I'll be happy once I achieve this, if that okay. makes any sense. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so one theme that I hear is I want, I don't want, I want, I don't want. Mm -hmm. That's kind mm -hmm. of a cultural thing. It's a very American thing. Like you, you know, your body's like a whopper and it's your way right away. Right. Like, what's that about? And have you thought about the role of, like, what people want in the world and what they deserve and their rights as a human being to transcend mm -hmm. their sex characteristics or something? Yeah, I think that it's more of, like, because this is something that, that I remember back from when I was in women's studies was that one of my professors was highly implying that we were depressed because of sexism. So there's this sort of like you're you're being sold this idea that well you're miserable because of transphobia because of racism because of sexism like that is the core reason okay why you're upset rather than well depression's really complicated like let's talk about this and then you also have this sort of ideology that's very cult like and that you know is very yeah. There's a lot of unstable. Uh, <laughs> there's a lack of stability, like mental stability within that culture as well. So, you know, it's it's like 
it's sadly it's it's like i think that a lot of people including myself went into it because we were suffering and we wanted to help other people who were suffering and then we were like but then it's just like this whole ideology is very patronizing and it's just not not helpful yeah well it, it's it's like all these people who are unhappy struggling for happiness but obsessing mm -hmm. over unhappiness obsessing over suffering right um, and then getting caught up mm -hmm. in that and so the suffering that you became obsessed with was directed towards your sex towards your woman yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so and then you went to a therapist because you're getting more and more unhappy you went to a therapist so and it sounds what was the relationship with this other kitty therapist like what would you guys talk about how would she approach you sorry she was I very... gendered her she's probably a they at this point <laughs> i i don't know i i think she's still she but um yeah i mean she was definitely in that ideology as well so there was like this i mean and that's that's part of the problem is that there's no like when it comes to gender affirming care like there's no like critique of it because the idea is too is that you know you must be non-binary because we used to think gay was a form of mental illness so i mean that's the sort of correlations they make like and i've had yeah. two different therapists say that to me so um huh. yeah we used to think but, being gay yeah. was a mental illness so now we're going to make up new things to accept yeah it's, it sounds like a mental illness itself or at least very yeah unhealthy. yeah yeah it's it's definitely not it's not like it's like weird because like they they address it like that it's critical thinking but it's really not because like it's like you you really only can think critically or think in a certain way within a certain framework and when you go outside that framework like you say well maybe non-binary is a form of mental illness or you know there's something like weird that you can't actually transition to a third gender like right like there is no biological equivalent to non-binary like there yeah. you can't it's just it, it's one of those things that once you kind of like bring those points up like then the cognitive dissidence kicks in and they keep like they'll they'll like make excuses for it because it's like you know it's holes in their ideology really yeah. did you have any mm -hmm. other frame of reference growing like even from your past mm -hmm. uh like church groups or chess club or something like that where people thought differently or did things differently you know um it's interesting because i grew up in the 90s and so it was very different than it is now um and like the gender ideology hadn't hit really until like i got into college in around 2010 so like but still like even like i mean i was like in the portland area so even though it's like going to a catholic school when i grew up um it was still very liberal like i mean we were talking about the gay rights movement back in like when i was in grade school so like it was still i was still in a very liberal pocket and so that probably exposed me to a lot of these ideas um or like i was more susceptible to a lot of these ideas in the first place uh so how far along did you go with the uh, studying catholicism itself did you ever participate in that yeah i had a bad experience with um with the teacher in grade school 
And so I didn't like, um, it just like destroyed my confidence because what had happened was that, um, she had like, I, I forgot my homework because I was ADHD and, um, I had to be sent back to the second grade classroom and my teacher, um, I was sitting in the class doing the homework and this teacher who had been emotionally abusive the year before, um, when I was in, um, second grade, um, had said like, this is what a stupid kid looks like. And so she said this in front of the whole entire class. And it's just like all my interactions with her, like destroyed my confidence at that point. I think too, it's just like, I had, I wasn't emotionally stable enough. Like now that I've, um, stabilized emotionally, I know that like diet's really important that, you know, that there's other holistic things that I've done that to, to really help stabilize me. But like back then, I, I don't think I was in a place to handle something like that. Did you have a uh, support, a uh, supportive family life? I did like, um, like, Like my dad and and my stepmom were very supportive of me growing up. I know like when I fell into depression, like towards the end of, um, let's see here, towards the end of high school, then they weren't as supportive of me. Like they said, you've seen too many therapists and I knew I needed help with something. And so that's when I turned to feminism, like when I went to college the next year. Okay. And so it was just like, I just really needed something. Um, and that was, that was kind of what was available to me was, was the ideology. Huh. Feminism as an ideology. Notice like a, a rights movement, but oh. a, a worldview. Oh, I guess I should say like, I, that was when I was introduced to like, I, I started doing woman studies classes yeah. and that's when I was introduced to more, it was more the, the really dogmatic ideology that I was that we were seeing back then in 2010. And did you, uh, if you could recall, what was your attitude towards this dog, this dogma? Was it like, oh, cool, or like, oh, finally, yeah. or what? So I remember that once I started women's studies, like I was really good at it because I had sort of that, I think, abstract thinking, which is what I see a lot in those types of circles. Like it's, it's sort of like you can like. I think that what a great example is there's somebody on Tumblr and they're talking about like how straight white teeth is oppressive. <laughs> so it was, it was like, you know, it's, it's sort of like, no straight white teeth are actually a good and they mean you're healthy. <laughs> like, you know, you look at cultures that aren't introduced to uh, like a modern diet and they have straight white teeth because that's, that's a good thing. So you know, it, it's just sort of like sometimes the curtains are just red. They don't mean murder. They don't mean blood. They don't, you know, it's yeah. just. Um, but yeah, you were good at yeah. reading into things. Then. Right. Yeah. 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 And sort of, and I think it's sort of like, and I imagine a lot of these, like people who, who like are drawn to these ideologies are probably more creative people and to kind of see things abstractly. But unfortunately, it's just not, it's just, it's not a healthy way to approach life or, or like relationships or really anything else for that matter. Well, I mean, it's the dominant ideology, so it can't be all bad. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it is good, though. <laughs> Just like from what I've seen, like how I've seen, like what it does to people, I think is the worst part. Like, I know, like I was I was in a group and um, and I was telling I was telling a Gilbert Godfrey joke and um, Are you going to do his voice. Yes, I'll do his voice. <laughs> so, so you know, he's what what's happening in the in this video. It's it's like a college humor skit, and and what he he does is that um, it's Gilbert Gottfried, you know, the voice of Iago reading Fifty Shades of Grey, and so like he's re he's doing like the audio book, and these women are listening to this audio book, and he's going like, "Enter." goddess and you know and then he's he's just like saying these things and these women are like oh my god like oh ooh. like they're just mortified and then he goes uh he'll say things like clitoris you know it's just like it's just like the most horrible reading of like this book and it's um and then like these women are absolutely disgusted and the last woman is like sitting in it like she's waiting at a doctor's appointment and she goes Oh, that is so hot. Like she's just like totally like on the opposite end of that. And I remember like the whole group laughed except this one person and they were like, "Well, you know he's an asshole, right?" And like the whole group felt silent. Yeah. It's just like that much power over over everybody else just by saying like, you know, I like, you know, and it wasn't even that they had an issue with with the joke itself. Yeah. It was that Gilbert Gottfried had told that joke. You know, it, it's just like, it's not even that. It's just like, you can never be perfect within like that sort of ideology because it, it's not even like, you know, to, to like, yeah, it's just, you can never be perfect. And it's so easy to get canceled. And it's just not, Yeah, it's not constructive for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it enables female typical relational aggression judging mm. character assassination reputational damage management mm. uh, so it's, it's a really uh it just facilitates that it's like almost built out mm -hmm. of that way of thinking uh but you know it's dressed up as we're going to save the world by condemning the world to a thousand paper cuts of petty grievances right yeah mm-hmm so what about yeah. like relationships that you have? Like, were you interested in boys, girls? Did you have like, as you as you're growing up, like finding different things to stabilize you, friendships, besties, boyfriends, girlfriends, stuff like that. Right. Uh, were you able to plug into people, uh, your peers? You know, I had like this crush on this boy in fifth grade, and like, and I and I liked it was kind of like it was sweet because like you know he ended up leaving to another school but it was just like we went to the dance or like at the dance i asked him to dance and we danced together and stuff and i i think that it went really like it was just nice like because like it was never anything serious like we didn't talk that much because he ended up leaving like half the year in so yeah. I, I didn't know him that well but you know it's it sort of like you know i'd go to these school dances i'd dance with boys it was never an issue and then it, what happened was that in sixth grade this thing had happened um my best friend had been raped by her brother and around the same time my dad was also telling me like you know this is how men my age talk about girls your age sexually 
And so my dad was scared about me dressing provocatively, even though like I, I had no, no interest in that. And so it was like, that is when things shifted like around me and relationships with men and, and like boys. And like, I remember like, like even like when I liked somebody like back when I was in grade school, like, like I could approach that boy and ask him to dance or approach a boy and ask him to dance at the dance. You know, when I went into high school, I ended up not like, I would get so nervous huh. that like, I, I just couldn't function. Like it was like, and it never went away. Like, you know, like you get, you get butterflies in your stomach and that goes away. It actually, I think that that's the time I developed uh, generalized anxiety disorder. Like, I don't think I had it previously to that. Like I think I had anxiety, mm-hmm. but like it, it's, it, it, unfortunately impacted my relationships after that so that generalized anxiety are you saying that that kind of came from your thoughts about boys or your fears around the males and then just kind of grew and morphed so. to ate up everything mm-hmm. yeah i think it was just like my body couldn't handle it like huh. for whatever reason okay and this is the time you're going through puberty too so a lot right. of your anxiety is pronounced while your body's doing the stuff. And so I could see later on, you would start to really dislike the body because somehow you're that these body parts, your hips, your breasts are imprinted with that anxiety. Mm-hmm. When they, when they arose, the anxiety arose. That, that, and I think that the other thing that might've impacted it as well is that I ended up having like very heavy irregular periods and stuff during that time. And so like, I probably had some endocrine system issues. And I remember going to a doctor being like, okay, could we look into this? And that the doctors said that they wouldn't cover the labs. And I don't know if I had known about an endocrinologist or my parents had known about an endocrinologist, maybe I could have seen somebody back then, but I've known since now doing like these holistic health treatments, like my periods are normal. I don't get cramps anymore and they're fairly regular. So, I mean, which is great. (laughs) You know, it's, it's like, I mean, it's a pain to get cramps. So. I assume so, but what do I know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the ADHD. Mm, Yeah. uh, Can we step away from the label and just kind of describe what that label means to you and how you coped with that yeah so for me part of it was that emotional dysregulation as well because i i had it like the the thing was that well it, it can be a little bit of emotional dysregulation but what was it i i because i was diagnosed with adhd back when i was like seven six or seven so like i was one of those kids that was very obviously adhd like there's like no hiding that I had ADHD, but in what way? Like, I mean, I was like hyper, like I was like kind of like hyperactive. Like I was like, I would hide under desks and stuff like that. Like I was doing kid stuff, but it was also just like, I mean, like when I would get a homework assignment, I was spending like, you know, like I think kids get their homework assignments done fairly quickly, but like, I mean, I would be spending the whole night doing like homework yeah. and like my mom would tell me about like how, I guess, like how, like, you know, it it just like, 
I guess to her, it wasn't normal versus like my brother, because I, I do have a sibling and I guess he got it on time. So that I just like, I'd forget papers, you know, like homework assignments and stuff like that. Like I was super disorganized. Like I was just like, I had like a binder and it just like papers were like everywhere and yeah. well, not everywhere, but it's just like, I just had like, I could not organize myself as a kid for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of like the, the main things of how it impacted me for sure. And as you age, do you cope better with that? I, I didn't cope as well. Um, like when I got older, I things actually got like worse in college. Um, and then like I like then I had like the CPTSD from the activist circles. So I ended up getting to a point where like I just like my anxiety would get so bad that um, like I'd just be on the computer just to kind of like try and like all day okay. just trying to like mitigate the anxiety. So it's just like I was very dysfunctional and I what would you do on the you know, computer to mitigate your anxiety? Just like watch YouTube videos, like okay. watch something happy and, you know, like dog videos or something. And, okay. you know, I was trying to, I was trying to like calm it down, but it was just, you know, and I, and I'd done like, you know, and I was doing therapy at this point too. Like once, like when I did the top surgery, um, I had done about 20 years of traditional talk therapy, including like DBT, yeah. which is like delect dialectical behavior therapy i'd done let's see here i i had done emdr um which is like common for like ptsd and then you know hypnotherapy somatic experiencing so i'd done like different modalities within the traditional therapy like model and i and i didn't respond well to medications so like i couldn't take medications and yeah, and I had also done like two rounds of transcranial magnetic stimulation therapy. So I'd really done everything at that point that conventional, th uh, like conventional medicine and you know conventional therapy had to offer. What about mushrooms? Mushrooms. I had not done mushrooms. I didn't know. Like it's kind of interesting because like once I developed all these health complications from the surgery, I found out about like mushrooms, yeah. like about like you know body work, hybrid oxygen therapy you know, diet, like these are things like I never heard of until like, you know, it's almost like you need like that sort of gateway. And then once you get in there, then you like hear about all these other treatments out there. Okay. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Do you think... 
So it sounds like you've been in therapy since you were a child, like a child, child, mm -hmm. child. Do you think right. it's, it's good for somebody to do decades and decades of therapy? No, no, I don't. I don't think it's good. Um, I think part of that too was that what I really needed was like when I became pescatarian, because like I was a pescatarian for 10 years. Was this a, um, like a fashion statement or why pescatarian? Like I was a pescatarian because um like I, I i read like the book about like how animals were treated and so then i became like i started eating fish yeah. and so um yeah so i started eating fish and that that's when my mouth my health started deteriorating and i didn't realize that at the time because you know we have such a i feel like in this culture we have a disconnect with our food of like oh yeah you actually need to eat meat you know and so, like, once I started eating me again, I did feel better. Um, and then after I started feeling better after doing eat, eating meat, then I started, like, cutting out more things to, like, improve my health. But, you know, it's just, like, what I really needed was to address my physical health issues. Like, you know, eat a healthy diet, you know, cut out processed foods. Um, the diet includes eating meat. Um, you know, earthing has helped me, like, which earthing? is, like, you know... Yeah, so earthing is like you have like a grounding, like you can do it outside. Will you plow? But, oh no, 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 not not that earthing. But uh, you know, like the the earthing, like where you like you 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 stand on the ground, and I think it's like negative ions or something. Like you know, there's there's something about it. But they did a study, and it was like um, the inflammation did go down, like in the study. And so I by I mean, standing I think I on did. the ground, where else would you stand? Well. Like, like, let's see here. So you stand on the ground and then you, you, you'd have to do it long enough for the inflammation to go down, but. Wait, like yeah, on the it's, earth? It's, like, so you take off your socks yeah, and yeah, shoes yeah. and, so and you stand on a patch uh -huh. of grass. Okay. Yeah. 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 That. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. There's like something called the earthy movie. It, I know, I know it sounds crazy, but it, it it's like legit. Like I, I did earthing for like three days. Like, well, it was technically grounding because you can do it like with the grounding wrist like okay so anti-static wrist okay. plugged it into the outlet and oh. then i did it like three days and then like i was like i woke up the next day i was like oh i'm gonna lower my sertraline dose by a half so your what dose sertraline what's that oh sertraline it's like an antidepressant oh, okay it, it, yeah so uh, what yeah it's not an herbal remedy like spirulana or something it's a no 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 yeah medical. this unfortunately okay. like after the surgery they put me on sertraline and i and i had a rash to it so i did not react well to it but my doctors put me on it and told me to keep taking it why because they didn't know what else to do they didn't know what else to to do with me at that point because this is like when i developed the complications okay yeah. what, what general complications are we talking about back pain uh inflammation oh yeah yeah, so the complications I developed was I, um, after the surgery, I developed Raynaud's. Um, I developed tinnitus. Um, let's see here. Raynaud's, tinnitus. Um, and what's bony Raynaud's? Prominences. Bony oh, Raynaud's prominences. Is like, I'm sorry, I just have to say yeah. these words along with you. Okay. Yeah, so bony prominences. So this was the bony prominence. Like these, my knuckle got bigger. It's kind of weird. Like if you can notice, like that was after the surgery. Okay. Never well, then before. Then you can get bar fights and win. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I I should try that. Um, let's it's, see here. It's so, a form of grounding, yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's a little bit more active. 
Well, if if the other person's on the ground, then maybe like if I punch them, then I can also get that grounding benefit. Yeah, so it would be like a strike cycle. <laughs> so what, 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 I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, so, so we have the rain odds. Yes. Yeah. So your capillaries shrink, and you have like discoloration and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, your capillaries shrink on your extremities, and then um, and then um, yeah, you you have. Um, discoloration and you like more sensitive to cold and so yeah so i developed that i had like skin discoloration issues after the surgery (sighs) yeah it's just like did the yeah uh, did the site the site of the surgery heal itself it it healed like i had some like uh some gnarly scars on one side but on the most part it healed fairly well so like i i didn't like have any like complications from the surgical site um per se but do you think that it's like this mm -hmm. uh, your immune system was just punched by having to do that much healing and then all these other complications Mm -hmm. Uh, why do you think that this thing would lead to these other things yeah it's it's very odd for sure i think part of it might have been a nervous system issue um because like i was like my anxiety got really bad during that time too so i think that part of it may have been like a nervous system issue and then um yeah it was um you know but i have talked to people who do body work or like particularly scar work and they like work on the scars and like there there are like health issues that seem to like resolve themselves once they work on the scars so i don't know what it is it's like once the healthy once the scars grab hold that healthy tissue it sounds like there's a potential for like other health complications to arise but you know nobody's like really looking into that that much you know and, and most likely not um and you know Conventional medicine, especially, wouldn't look into something like that. Okay, so back to the the doctors. So they mm-hmm. went ahead and uh, removed your uh, breast tissue, right? Because there was a diagnosis of inbehood, or what? Like you were non-binary. Yeah. That was your diagnosis, and so the remedy to that was to remove your breasts. Did they put you on any other mm-hmm. drugs like testosterone or anti-estrogen stuff? No, I never wanted to be on testosterone and everybody knew knew that, but it was just kind of like weird looking back that you know, they they approved of this and yet there's no actual like thing for me to like transition to. Like you can't transition to like the third gender or a third gender because it doesn't exist. Well, yeah, but the, so the yeah i understand somebody wanting to do this on their own dime right and say i just don't want Mm -hmm. these things around anymore take care of them but you were Mm -hmm. you went through all these other steps through psychologists and uh, Mm -hmm. college ideology and the the entire system did they pay for it or did Mm -hmm. you pay out of pocket they paid for it okay yeah um Medicaid considered it a medical necessity. A medical necessity mm-hmm. under what pretense of your, um, were you going to kill yourself if you didn't become this thing or what? I was, I was like crazy because that's the whole thing is that they acknowledged that I had trauma, like, 
you know, similar or related to, to this type of thing, like on, like the therapist, like knew about that, like they knew about what happened with my friend. Um, but yeah, it is kind of weird because like, the thing is like, you're supposed to be emotionally stable, but you're supposed to do this, like, like, because it's a medical necessity. So why would it be medical necessity if it's not for severe mental illness? Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. do, do you, have you gone through all their reasoning and looked at all their notes and stuff? I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've looked at um, the notes, and I, I probably can't talk too much about it since I have a lawsuit, but yeah, okay, I, so I have looked at it. Mm-hmm. So you've convinced at least a, a, a lawyer or a group of lawyers that what was done to you was unjust and can be proved to be unjust in the court of law. So you're not just, it's a crazy thing, but you think that through the law, it can be proved that this was abuse or negligence or malpractice at the very least. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know how much I can talk about it. But to be honest, that, that's but, the that that's yeah. that's the argument that you're making. Yeah, that there was um I think it's like malpractice. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. By the whole system. I, I just wonder and uh not yeah. to your case specifically, but one thing that does mm -hmm. need to happen is what you're doing now, detransitioners uh need to prove and uh hold accountable the people who are doing this insofar as the people who are doing this are not doing good uh insofar as they're right. harming people and who needs to be convinced of that is ironically the medical industry and then all their boards right. all these professional organizations that purge themselves of any people who criticize this right uh, they mm -hmm. need to be raked over the coals. I don't know how far uh, any given case is going to go, but right, we'll see. Exactly. Are you mad? Are you angry? Are you baffled? Like, what's your emotions towards what's happened to you? Oh, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I feel like it's a lot of things. It's. It's, I mean... There's a lot of sadness because it's a loss. Like I don't have my breast anymore. Like I can't fit a dress the same way again. Like I can't breastfeed. I can't like, you know, it's it's impacted my dating life. It's there's a lot of loss there. Um you know, there's some shame. There's there's a lot of like confusion because like and I think, too, it's just, like, being wrapped up in that ideology, it's it's taking me a little while to be like, oh, like, this actually doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Like, you know, it's, it's like, like, it took me a while to be like, wait, like, they, they transitioned me to something that doesn't exist. Like, why, why did they do that? And why did they consider it a medical necessity? Like, it's just, it's very, the whole thing is very odd. For sure. Well, were you excited to get the surgery done? Like, what was your emotions leading up to it? Yeah, I thought, like, I thought this was really going to help because I had done, too, I had done all this treatment up to that point, And I thought that, okay, well, this is it. Like, this is going to help me. 
it's sold as this idea in general that yeah. it's it's going to help. So I thought I thought this was going to help, and I, I I was excited for it, but it's like then. Then it's just like, I remember when the doctors took the bandage off, I just like had this really mixed feeling like, like I should be happier than I actually am. And I said, I liked it to the doctor because I was like, I wanted to make her happy. Yeah. So it wasn't like, huh. like, I, I was almost thinking like, she did all this work for me. Like I should, I should thank her for it. So it was, um, it's just the whole thing's just surreal for sure. And when did you start to notice that? the house that you were living in ideologically speaking wasn't real or wasn't stable like did you, yeah what, what thread right. did you start to tug i remember I, th I think part of it came down to i mean it started when i noticed the dogmatic nature of like call-out culture in women's studies okay and so and so like it started there but then it's just like i still couldn't get like i realized that there was an issue with um with the ideology but like I, I i was still trying to undo the kind of the toxicity within the framework but the problem is is that the framework's the issue not you know you, you can't like it's well, how just did like you it's, get outside or see mm -hmm. the framework for what it is yeah so 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 that was kind of the start of it and then from there so Black Lives Matter happened, and then I just saw like Portland be destroyed, and it was like, which is like that, that's probably a nice way of putting it. But it was just like, um, like graffiti, fires, um, like you know, like not being able to go into Portland at certain times, like because they did like um, almost like um, I think it was like well that Martial might have law. been COVID too. Yeah, it's it just COVID like the too, whole yeah. thing. It was COVID too. Yeah, so. So it was just like, I, I was like, I felt like I was insane because I'm like, well, I, I think racism is wrong, but my city's being destroyed. Like, this is not, this is not helpful. And this is like millions of dollars in damage. And, yeah. you know, and, and just, I, I just like, it was just being destroyed. And I was talking to a therapist. I'm like, I feel like I'm insane. Like, you know, this is wrong. And she was a little bit more conservative, thankfully. Huh. Um, and she actually said, you know, here's Jimmy Dore and here's Tim Pool. Why don't you just go and watch them for a little while? Oh, <laughs> you know, just like okay. go check them out. And so then I started like I started watching Jimmy Dore, I started watching um Tim Pool. And then from there I saw the quartering recommended to me. And I'm like, oh, who's this quartering guy? And so then I started watching the quartering uh -oh. and I started watching um, you know, let's see here Sydney Watson and like like you know just like oh yeah I, I know everywhere like everybody thinks that he's like a Nazi or something and it's like everybody's a Nazi I'm just saying everyone's he, a Nazi right you started down that alt-right rabbit hole or whatever so yeah what what was it about these uh these commentators these content creators their view on life yeah. that you found interesting fascinating strange uh Addicted. What what was it about them and your state interacting with the me this media? Right. So I felt like that I couldn't go back to women's studies at this point. Like that sort of culture. Like I, I, I say okay. women's studies because that's that's what started it. And I I feel like the, I, I guess I can say woke. Woke would probably be the best way to describe like that sort of like all encompassing 
sort of toxicity and um, that I was experiencing. But I was like, I needed, I, I knew I couldn't return to that. So I was like, well, I'm going to like listen to these other people because I, I don't belong there anymore. So I was like politically homeless. And so then I started listening to, to these people. And then I was like, oh, okay, like you can still, like, I think actual justice warrior helped a lot too. Like I was listening to him and he was talking about like, you know, he would say like, you know, or he would, he would just like kind of give the facts rather than that you know and look at things objectively rather than well you know saying that you know kind of like the idea of like you know old black people are innocent it's more like well it's more complicated than that you know there are some black criminals but there's like you know but that doesn't mean all black people are bad so that's that's yeah. kind of the thing that i was getting which i couldn't really say before so okay. yeah it was um being introduced to those different ideas helped me. And then realizing too, that when I'm watching these people, I'm like, oh, these are human beings. And I've been told my whole life, because I was like pretty liberal where I lived, that Republicans are these horrible, horrific monsters and, you know, yeah. rotten people. So it was yeah. like very different than what I was expecting um, for sure. And it, it just, it helped um, widen my view on things when I was watching them and uh, being surrounded by a liberal area and thinking mm -hmm. less than liberal thoughts, maybe one could say, or at least less progressive thoughts, probably more yeah. liberal in fact, but did you have a group? Oh, did you have social interactions? Did you have to reset that or did you just wall like, yourself off? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of like weird. I have like one friend who's woke. And so like, I kind of like, just find like, I'm, she doesn't really know, like that I'm, you know, <laughs> like center right now. And so it's sort of like, I've got like walking on eggshells around here. I'm like, you know, it's just like, I remember telling her just to kind of give you an idea of like the woke ideology of um, that. I, I, I said, you know what, I'm a detransitioner. And she said, Oh, well, that was part of your gender journey. Oh. So like, yeah. Me removing my breasts was a part of my gender journey. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Wait, so, so I mean, that, that's the thing. you weren't offended by that? I was I was a little bit like, uh, but I was like, huh. you know, it, it's it's sort of like one of those things where it's just like, I, and I can't remember what I said to her. I was just kind of surprised, but also not surprised because I'm familiar with cognitive dissonance and how like, that was her way of being like, well, this is how it's we keep the, the ideology flow. It's all part of the yeah. plan. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Divine providence, yeah. uh, AKA your gender journey. Huh. Yeah. But that means that you can't be open with her. Yeah. So that, that friendship. So do you have intimacy? Can you, have you been able to f find a way to, have intimacy yeah it's the thing is too is that that relationship was kind of not doing great be, even before that so it's yeah. I, I think too it's just um you know she she's struggling with mental health issues but she just wasn't really available so it's just it, it just wasn't it's just not a relationship i think that i can necessarily repair yeah Unfortunately, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I've told a couple other people, like I told a friend of mine and she, 
she responded to it well. I know she's more left-leaning and, you know, my family has responded to it well. I know, like, I, I told, like, I have a family member, I told, like, Wait, that. Wait, responded um, to what well? That you're a detransitioner or you're oh, a Oh, I'm detransitioner. Okay, okay. Oh, that I'm detransitioner. Yeah, yeah okay. no, not that. But, um, yeah, they, they, um, they responded well to that. I mean, my brother was like, he didn't want me to go on Tucker Carlson he, because he's like, he, he's like, I don't want you to associate people with like, like that. So, okay. I mean, there's that. Did but, you? But I mean, other. I'm sorry. I did. Okay. <laughs> yes, I did go on Tucker are you, Carlson. Are you, is your brother still talking to you or does he not want to be associated yes, with people he, who are associated with Tucker Carlson? Um, I think, I think you'd be okay. I, I need to tell him, but I did not tell him yet that I was on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Wait, when were you <laughs> on like, Tucker Carlson? Oh, <laughs> I was on Tucker Carlson. Um, when? Oh, gosh. When was it? It was like a, a few weeks ago. Okay, you haven't you haven't told your brother. He's gonna yeah, he's cool, he's yeah. gonna Google your name someday, and it's gonna be the most he's hated man in America out. talking to you. <laughs> Are you chumming up <laughs> with the denizen oh. of the fascist party? Oh jeez. Oh my gosh, the Nazi. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Camille's now a Nazi. She's talked to, talk to Carl, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Wait, uh, what, what format? Was yeah. it in his, like, wooden podcast room, or was it on over tele... Uh... It was, it was, oh my gosh, it was crazy. So I went, um, there's, like, a studio thing, and, like, you sit there, and um, you actually, like, look at, like, this black, it's, like, old black, it's, like, this camera, and it's just, like, a black screen sort of thing, and you don't see Tucker Carlson at all. Like, you just... Um, you just see like this camera and yeah. you just, you're giving like an earpiece and you like listen to the audio and then you respond to them based on the audio. It's like this really surreal experience for sure. It seems kind of backwards. Like there's no, like there's very minimal expense on just setting up a, a mirrored pane of glass with the broadcast yeah. of Tucker. Was there at least a little googly eyes above the camera? No, no googly eyes. Oh, that wow. might have made it a little easier. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah, I was so nervous, but yeah. How did you get through that? Um, I just like I just like I I I messed up the first part, but like then it's just like I I like kind of like was able to regain myself and I and I got the second part right. So okay. Well, and what yeah. was what was your message or what was Tucker wanting from you? Um, just to talk about the lawsuit. And so then I just said, you know, um, that um, doctors shouldn't be um, influenced by ideology. And that had they treated the underlying issues, then I would have never needed the surgery. Okay. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So at what point did you realize that you made a big mistake? And how did you look at that? See that? Yes. And deal with that? So I... I realized that, let's see here, about a year and a half after after the surgery. Okay. Mm -hmm. when, yeah, and I when was, this about was able relative to, to our position in time now? Oh, so that would have been probably March of 2021. Okay. Around that time, maybe a little bit before that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I had realized as I was able to handle it, thankfully somewhat okay because um i had like really worked on my like physical health and then my okay. mental health had stabilized okay and yeah. so like i i was still and then it's like since then it's just more been like 
kind of like weird stages of grief because it just sort of like it hits you kind of in different stages. Like it doesn't just hit you at once, or at least it didn't for me. So, yeah, yeah, it's just it's been it's been weird, but it's sort of like I think it it was more like I I don't think I'm non-binary. Like that was kind of like the first thought. And I mean, I had kind of worked with a with one of my bodywork practitioners around gender before, so I, I kind of like maybe even had a little bit of an inkling like back in like late, late, late 2020, like probably around August, 2020. But then it wasn't until 2021 around March that I was like, yeah, I I don't think I'm non-binary. That was like, no, I'm not non-binary. So, which means that Mm -hmm. you're a woman, right? What does that mean to you? Being a woman, it's just, oh, that's like, what is a woman, right? Yeah. (laughs) um oh gosh like it's it's like you know it just kind of like fits into place if that makes sense like it fits into place it's just it's like a biological and a i don't know it's just like it's like i don't know maybe i don't know if that makes sense but it's just like everything like fits into place like it's just and i know like I know, like, there's going to be a whole bunch of definitions, and I mean, I th- there's like w- women's studies would back in women's studies they would tell me that it's like gender and sex is different, and you know, but it's I don't know. I guess the best way I can describe it is just like if it, it fits into place, and in that it's not yeah. I'm not having to like compensate because that was the thing like when I was non-binary is that I was always compensating for being non-binary, but I'm not having to compensate for being a woman because that's for me that's something that's innate to who i am okay so as a woman what's your job in the world what are you supposed to do Mm -hmm. with your life that's difficult um to think of because like i know like for different women it's going to be different well for Um, you though yeah accepting i mean i'm moving forward what do you yeah i mean i i I want to 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 have a family. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I like that. Um and at least for me, I think part of it's a like there's a certain strength and in, in nurturing too that comes out of my womanhood, so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any nieces or nephews? Do you get to hang you out know, with babies? at all i i don't like not anymore like back i mean i have family but they're they're just nowhere near us for sure oh, okay and it's like yeah. we have family back and i was just thinking about it i was like i, I don't, don't want to say it's just it's probably best given my yeah, yeah, yeah how yeah. polarizing things are you know yeah yeah but i'm just wondering mm-hmm. do you get a chance to hang out with families and hang out with kids yeah yeah, I miss that. Like I, I grew up in my grandma who we called Mimi because she didn't want to be called grandma because it would make her seem old. But okay. yeah. um, she, like, that was so important to me growing up because like we'd always go and see her, and it was just like it's this nice big family thing, and you know, I think I was like a little bit different because like I I wanted to be with the boys and like play video games, and so like. I don't know. I, I didn't fit neatly into that woman box, but it's like, 
and maybe that was part of it too was that it's okay to like diverge a little bit from the traditional roles and you don't have to do anything drastic for it like a adopt a whole new identity or anything so yeah yeah you mm -hmm. um every detransitioner story is different you went into this nb zone which is like what are you becoming uh so coming back from that and just being a woman you don't have to deal with uh the effect of exogenous hormones hair loss uh, hair gain yeah. uh, redistribution stuff like that um i know that it can be a struggle for some detransitioners because uh, they have to face the fact that well i'm basically going to be a man now as a woman i'm basically in all intents and purposes Women aren't going to want me in the women's restroom. Uh, people are going to call me sir. I just have to accept this. So, you know, what do I do? Uh, you know, that just being in that, well, what do I do with the position that I'm in now? You don't have that necessarily. You just have to accept the loss of, uh, of your uh, woman form uh, to a certain degree and uh, go forward with your life. So have you searched out support from detransitioners? Have you sought to interact with the detransitioner community? Not that it's a community, but have you found help mm -hmm. and friendships in that uh, to co-help and to co-process? Yeah, and I think that like connecting with either other detransitioners have helped with kind of the process of to like understanding like what's happened to me and also realizing that I wasn't alone because I thought that I was like the only one. And when I talked to other detransitioners, they're like, they thought they were the only one. So there's yeah. this sort of feeling of isolation. And then it's nice to connect with other detransitioners who are like, Oh no, this is actually, this happened to me too. So, yeah. um, that's How did really you come helped. Across them? I did an interview with Buck Angel. And then after that, I decided, like, I felt comfortable enough to reach out to, like, I think I reached out to Genspect at that point. And so that's, that's when that everything started happening was that I, I felt confident enough that I'd been, you know, out, which is kind of a weird word to say, <laughs> as a detransitioner. But um, yeah, I felt I felt like that I was ready to um, reach out to Genspect and, yeah. you know, kind of connect with them. And that's kind of like where things started. Yeah. So do I know that uh, Gen, one project under the umbrella of Genspect is this thing called, and I have to say it like this, Beyond Transition, but they call it Beyond Transition. <laughs> yeah. but every time they say, I have to say it uh -huh. like that. Um, uh-huh. Are you involved in that? And uh, well, which is just facilitating people, whether they're trans or detrans or whatever, who've gone through certain steps in transition, just giving them help from therapy to yoga yeah. workshops, stuff like that. What do you think that has helped you most with coming back to yourself, accepting yourself as a woman, uh, dealing with your help issues that you think could help other people? What are some of the tips and tricks of uh, navigating this? Yeah. So... I didn't really reach out. Well, I did. I did talk to Beyond Transition, um, and actually, um, yeah, I, I think that 
Um, but what's really helped me and kind of like what I want to do is to um, help detransitioners get access to like holistic health treatments. Okay. Uh, because that that was really what stabilized me and allowed me to deal with with realizing that you know I've been a woman this whole time and that um, you know I you know non-binary was like a coping mechanism huh. and so like getting getting them the help like especially like a lot of them aren't able to function well because they're dealing with all these health issues from testosterone or from these surgeries and so. Yeah, that's really what I'm trying to work on right now. I don't know if I would be a part of a subcommittee under like, you know, a, an organization that's um, established. I'm looking into um, working with D-Trans United to help other detransitioners. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's D-Trans United about? So D-Trans United is a nonprofit by detransitioners for, for detransitioners. And um, they're... From my understanding, it's going to be really focused on the educational aspect. It's like okay. really in the beginning stages right now, okay. and so um, yeah, that that sounds like it's it's that's the direction they're going to head in, though. Okay, so mm -hmm. holistic health is—I don't know what to think. I, I see a basket of right. fruit, and then fruit flies, and then you know something right. rotten at the bottom. So what what is that? holistic health like what is that where do we start with that like what's the foundation right. principle what what do you mean so yeah so holistic health and i wish that there was kind of like a good term for it like i mean there's like because there's conventional medicine which is where all these issues came out of and then you have kind of functional medicine doctors and then you have like naturopaths and so that's kind of like the the alternative to that functional medicine does use I feel like it, not that naturopaths don't use medications, but functional medicine is, I feel like got a more concrete like idea of the body, perhaps. Um, I don't know how to best okay. describe What's it. What's functional medicine? Like what, like yes. osteopathy? What, what, what do you mean? Oh, I'm not sure like what category, like if it would be under osteopathy. Uh, I mean, I'm, what I'm does it do? Sure. What, 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 what kind of practices are they practicing? So, so like I would bring an, an issue with my doctor and they would say okay well you can try these supplements so it's actually kind of similar to a naturopath but i feel like okay. they have more of a medical background okay than the naturopaths perhaps like there's there's something like naturopaths feel like you know very earthy sort of thing like not that they're they're not educated because i mean my naturopath was talking about like how um you know it's good that you that GABA didn't work for you because then that would mean that if it did, then that would mean there's an issue with the blood brain barrier. Yeah. So they, they know of things like this, but it, it's just, it's hard to describe it because like, I mean, I saw um, a naturopath through, um, through like, you know, like I, I feel like natural or like, sorry, functional medicine doctors, you would probably see at a hospital. So it's to kind of give you an idea, like it's a different approach. I feel then like it's maybe it's more of a whole body approach. Maybe okay. that's the best way to describe okay. it. Okay. So in so, terms of detransition, yeah. right. what kind of ideas or mindset and then practices that right. fall under this huge umbrella of holistic right. health you think right. you, you'd like to offer? Yeah. So I think one of them would be diet. Diet's huge, like um, cutting out processed foods, including seed oils, um, you know, is canola eating, a seed? 
I think it is. Yeah, yeah that, I, I mean, they, they always put it in the in the it, they always put it in the seed oil category. So I think that it okay. is a, a seed. Because I, I eat for yeah. breakfast, I eat herring in canola oil called Kipper Snacks, uh-huh. and they mm-hmm. taste really good. I, I drain the oil. I don't just drink the whole oil, you know. But right. they, I mean, it's been bathing in oil, so I just wonder if it if I should get like the olive uh, basking herring for breakfast, or yeah, I, I guess I'll just have to check in with my holisticness mm-hmm. yeah yeah probably probably olive oil okay yeah yeah and i mean there's like i mean part of it too is that they were saying that was processed and that it's like you're getting higher amounts of like i think what is it the the um omega-6 or something like it just like i was like listening to that i'm like you know what i'm gonna cut it out like it in in you know, and I like animal products anyway, so I'm just going to cook in bacon grease. So, oh, you know, okay. I mean, and bacon grease makes everything taste so much better. So it's, it's just like almost it's almost as good as butter. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and butter Bacles. is amazing too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, diet's huge. I, I had no idea that diet played as big of a role as it does in in my mental health. So um, and I mean, some people have to go to the point of like carnivore to to kind of get that needed like you know to be where they they need to be mentally um and so and i think too it's just like foods cause inflammation and then it's just like people go on to that extreme diet because they can't figure out what's causing the inflammation okay so i think that that's why you have people like michaela peterson like like i mean i guess she tried everything but you know that's kind of the idea of like some people just respond well to carnivore yeah i think that's a whole discussion around like how we've changed the process of food over time like how we process things also causes an issue or can cause an issue as well so you know there's there's diet there's um circadian codes another one i heard of like you know kind of intermittent intermittent fasting um like eating um and kind of like i think circadian code like i think mostly they talk about diet but i think that that might include like you know you go to bed at 10 sort of thing like that might help people um so just be a human being just be a human being yeah like like, oh yeah like you know when you're when you're doing circadian code like you you don't like snack all the time like that's one thing but i I don't i think that like in all these treatments i'm going to be talking about or approaches i'm going to be talking about it's like it's not going to work for everybody so people yeah. just kind of need to experiment but um yeah that's kind of the idea behind circadian code is that you you eat like you have like a 10 hour 10 to 10 like 12 maybe 8 <laughs> 8 to 12 hour time frame where you're not eating so like you, you eat your dinner you have 10 to 8 hours or 8 to 10 hours and then you have um breakfast and then you know maybe lunch in there or something but it's just like you're not eating snacking in between yeah. like um i i didn't really notice that much with doing circadian um like the circadian code idea but um that's one i mean people respond well to wim hof but certain people respond well to wim hof better than others wim hof are you familiar with wim hof wim hof are you familiar with wim hof no. Have you met okay, my so Lord and Savior? All these words I've never heard of before. <laughs> so, so Wim Hof is like this. Is it Wim Hof or Wim Hof? Is it like German or Chinese? Oh, he's like um. Oh, he's Scandinavian. Okay, okay. Wim. Yeah. Hof. So. Okay. Wim Hof. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so pretty much he was. Um, it's insane. Like he would go and 
he he would like go to the mountain like yeah. and walk up this like icy mountain or whatever and it's like shorts <laughs> and like and then he he would um and he was able to be fine like his temperature was fine like he's able to regulate his temperature and then he did like the same thing of like they put him in an ice bucket and he was able to regulate his temperature for like over an hour okay and like it was like i think it was like I can't remember how many degrees it's probably in Celsius. So I, I don't know, but I think it was like 86 degrees Fahrenheit. If I remember right, I don't know, whatever his temperature is, he was able to regulate it for over an hour. And then kind of my favorite is that, um, so they decided like to take his blood and to put, um, what was, what was it? I, I feel like it was like, e. I think it was E. coli in the blood. Like, so they just took, just took a sample, okay, and then they they put E. coli in the blood. Now this is turning into the plot was... of a Marvel movie. Okay, go yeah, on, and this, go on. His, yes, and his blood was able to fight it off. Okay, so so they're like, well, if your blood was able to do it, can, can we inject you with E. coli? And so then they injected him with E. coli, and like he got like a light headache, but then he was able to fight it off. Okay, like they and they they measured him, they they took his vitals, and then uh, they're like, well you're just weird like that's why you were able to do it and he's like give me like 10 people and i'll train them to do what i just did okay so they, they, he did he, he trained them he Marvel did like movie i know okay. yeah right so the, 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 now. Okay. right there we go super soldier and so so then he like trains them they go up to the mountain or whatever yeah. and they they do their ice stuff and, <laughs> they start and then they come indiscriminately uh, well yeah of course right and so <laughs> and so then he um he, he, he comes back to the hospital and or they come back to the hospital or whatever and they 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 do the same thing that they did to Wim Hof and everybody that he had trained was able to fight off okay okay and so yeah so there's something to what he's doing he does like ice baths and he does like breathing okay and he's been able to like he he's able to like get into his autonomic nervous system somehow oh so. he's hacked his uh immuno mm -hmm. system thing does yeah. he have a diet too, or is this the ice? This is the ice bath guy. This is the ice bath guy. So he, I don't think he does any sort of diet stuff. But okay. James yeah. Lindsay was talking. I think it's about the same thing. I'm gonna have to uh, inject mm -hmm. James Lindsay with some E. coli. See what happens. Or Ebola? <laughs> what E. coli or Ebola? Oh, I, I, think, I think it's, it's a e. big difference, isn't it? Yeah, I, I feel like it's I'll have e. to look at that before injecting mm -hmm. anything into James. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So so there, there's Wim Hof. And then, um, let's see here. So Wim Hof, the diet, um, body work, which has been really helpful. Like, like I've seen people or like rolling around. Mas massage is a form of body touch work. You. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, so massage is a form of body work and what, um, but there's different types. Like I was, I remember seeing this video and this was like my first introduction to all this holistic stuff was that this guy had had this like knee pain for like years. And he does like a two hour session with this PDTR practitioner. And I, and by the way, I don't know what PDTR is. I can't remember. It's like tendon reflex or something, okay. but it's just like, it's like tapping and stuff. But, um, he does this two hour session with this guy and he's tried all these different things. Right. So he's tried everything else that he can think of within the two hour session, his knee pain goes away. And so then he like, it, it's like with a lot of these people, they, then he starts getting into all this holistic stuff because it's like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. So then I was like, I'd watch these videos of like people, like they, they do acupuncture or neuroacupuncture in particular. And then like, you know, they have, um, 
you know, they, they, they start speaking again or like, or they speak a little bit better or something. Like usually it's, it's, you know, it's, it's progress. Like considering like, it's it's not like overnight sort of thing. Like, you know, maybe their speech gets a little bit better or maybe like their MS symptoms improve um, or like, and I didn't realize like scars cause issue. Like there's this boy and it's like, again, the PDTR, they do this muscle testing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and they find that, well, it's a scar that's causing all these issues. So they work on the scar and then the boy's muscles like react like how they should be reacting. So it, it's just, it's really. What do you mean work on it, the scar? Like they, they, like I've seen tapping, like I've had scar work done where they actually like massage the scar and stuff. And then like some people like, when they do scar work, like they'll get feeling back in that area after the scar has been massaged. So it's, it's really, uh, it's really interesting. Like just the, there's all these different types of body work, but on the most part, a lot of them can achieve the same thing. Like, even though like it's a different modality. Um, and then some of them are more effective than others. Like I remember, like, have you seen that, that cartoon cat that like, or like the dog and the cartoon cat and the cat's going like this and the dog's like, Oh, 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 you know, like Do you know what I'm massage? talking about? Like the like it's like a it's like a, um, a well, Looney my cats Tunes do that cartoon. to each other all the time. They just need each other, right? Right, right. But yeah. it's like that. It is called myofascial release, oh. and it was so painful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it. I think it really helped, but it was so painful. And my and I was talking to another bodywork practitioner, and she's like, "Yeah, there's better myofascial release techniques out there." Okay. <laughs> so putting so a cat what, on your belly and letting him go to town. With a bunch of, oh, yeah. just cover yourself in catnip and just have the cats like go at your scars and stuff. Well, well, not not necessarily a cat, but like a person acting like <laughs> like a cat, like needing you. <laughs> yeah, she was like needing me. I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> so painful. Oh no, okay. <laughs> it, it helped, but um, I would not recommend that that form of myofascial release for okay. sure. Like, yeah. there's 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 better things out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I guess. Yeah. The overarching theme that is just, I guess, Win Hof is more mastering your body, but uh, yeah. these other approaches are about just attending to your body and being in yeah. your body, just paying attention to your sleep, your food, uh, becoming right. connected, just being more connected to what you are and let the who sort itself out Yeah, on its own. Yeah, and then the other one too was, I guess, really brief was um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Was where you receive pure oxygen in a pressurized environment, and that and that one was amazing because I um I had like I went from like a seventy two on the self report scale, and after sixty treatments, I went to like six. Oh, uh, so, self report of what? Of ADHD. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that's I. And then for my anxiety, my generalized anxiety disorder went away and I went from severe to moderate to mild anxiety. Okay. So, uh, and, uh, let's, let's briefly, uh, extend that. So how many treatments and then how long has that lasted? Do you have to continually get high on oxygen, uh, to maintain this effect? Mm -hmm. Or is it, is it kind of aerating your brain in such a way that you're able to move forward? So I feel that on the most part, it's it's been pretty stable. I've done treatments since then because I did 60 treatments and then I've done like 10 more after the case study. So like I've done, 
so I've done about 70 treatments. And the reason why I was doing those treatments was to try and help the insomnia because like everything, like my, my generalized anxiety disorder has gone away. My ADHD is much better. I talk much more fluently and much more articulate since doing the hybrid auction therapy treatment. But so my insomnia would go away when I did the treatment. But when I stopped the treatment, my insomnia came back. So that's really the only thing that has like been an issue since I stopped the treatments. So it seems like for most of your life, you've been concerned with fixing yourself. It seems like a lot of, a lot of man hours have been put into you. Right. What do you do going forward? Do you, do you you cross the threshold where, where you, you go into the world, you do something in the world? Do you want to, do you, is there, is that the natural process of gaining all this therapy, doing all these routines? What do you do with a healed self? What do you do with a not broken person? Yeah. So I, what I really want to do is just bring awareness to, um, the holistic treatments that helped me because I had spent all this time, money, and then money was spent on me to get me better. And through this conventional medicine that just wasn't very effective. And then it was really until like, I mean, I just did like pretty much two years of these holistic treatments. And that was what I needed for my mental health the whole time. So I didn't need to spend all these years on talk therapy and stuff. I mean, I think talk therapy is good in the sense that like, if you have like a blind spot, maybe a therapist can pick up on it. But doing 20 years of talk therapy isn't effective. Like that's not a, that's not effective way to like deal with mental illness because two, I'd, I'd had like the skills. So I had all the skills. I just, what, what was missing was that, that physical health component. But since what happens in our culture is that we were like, well, you have these mental health issues. Like you must see a psychologist or you must have medications versus like, well, maybe the mental health issues stemmed from this like physical health issue. Yeah. And maybe we don't even know that, that you have a physical health issue because they found out later after the surgery that I had high um, inflammatory markers. So like I had issues with inflammation, but nobody had checked me for that before the surgery. So I, I, I really want people just to like, and I don't have the answers. Like I'm not a scientist, like I'm not scientifically minded. And so it's like kind of like weird going into this kind of like yeah, this, yeah. this kind of uh, like holistic health, like having interest in that sort of thing and, and wanting to spread awareness around it. But I just really want people like doctors and like, you know, to look at this and be like, okay, well, here's here's some things that we can do for our patients that are more effective, more cost effective. And then, you know, just provide a better quality of life um, for our patients. So that studies, doctors having a, a better understanding of like how to help patients. That's really what I want to help do now that I'm feeling better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you also have a YouTube channel that you're producing on? What's that about? What are you concentrating on over there? So I talk about um, the holistic health stuff and then I talk about um, being a detransitioner. So that's kind of my focus there. And um, it's called the Get Better Researcher. And yeah, you can find me on YouTube. And going forward, what are your plans for 2023 with regard to the channel, other projects that you're invested in? 
Um, I mean, with 2023, I definitely want to, um, I want to work on the channel for sure. Um, but I also am finding ways that I can get involved and help other detransitioners and, you know, get involved, you know, with, you know, kind of, kind of ways to like help with that. And so that, that's, um, I'd say that's pretty much, um, the focus around that. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to plug? Your Twitter? Um, Do you have a yeah, so Substack? I, I have a Twitter Substack. Um, you can find, like, I have an, all my links. That's, um, okay. you know, you can find on, like, my Twitter. And then yeah. I think it's on my YouTube as well. But, yeah, all my links has all the different things that right. you can find me through. And your all my links will be where all the links end up on all of my programs, which is in the description. Check it out. Yeah. Camille, thank Great. you very much for your morning. Uh, yeah is it as rainy for you as it is for me it's like a little dreary outside actually but little, um little it's, you know, it's, I, it's you know it's oregon <laughs> yeah it's oregon there i was there the last last note uh that'll end the recording i was on twitter and somebody was like it's been raining for five weeks i, I feel like it's covid all over again i'm like you know human beings are kind of water resistant people are walking all the time around me like there's no reason right <laughs> to not just exactly get over it so are you exactly. are you able to suffer the rain or do you just hole up? I just like I mean I have I'm probably one of the weird ones because it's very like the traditional garb of Portland is to have a raincoat. Um huh. but I you I, just have, wear oil I have an cloth? umbrella. Oh, umbrella, yeah. Yeah, I, I just usually wear or not wear an umbrella, but I usually have like an umbrella with me because I, I, I don't know, like I went to Japan and I got umbrellas and I'm like, I love umbrellas now. And so I'm just like the weird, the weirdo, like with an umbrella in Portland and everybody's in their like Columbia sportswear um, jackets. And so that's how it is. I've never, I, you're, you're the first uh, um, umbrella fetishist I've ever met. I'm, I'm so... <laughs> I love to end on that. Yeah. No, that's a that's a that's a wonderful little okay. factoid about you, Camille. Okay, great. Great.